The California Technology Council's new CTC Benefits Trust combines groups of emerging technology companies to offer large company benefits to small businesses. This approach delivers employee benefit programs with better choices and at a lower cost. What's included? Medical, dental, and vision options are available with additional employer and employee online resources to support simplified enrollment and administration. To learn more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash join. That's californiatechnology.org forward slash join. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. As biomedical data proliferates and the life sciences becomes more closely integrated with data science, the ability for researchers to access, use, and learn from the growing universe of information requires new tools. Inveni AI is seeking to address this need with its artificial intelligence platform for biopharmaceutical companies to both monitor innovation and to enhance their own drug development capabilities. We spoke to Christian Nandabalan, president and CEO of Inveni AI, about the company, how its artificial intelligence platform is being used, and what he expects the ultimate payoff from this technology will be. Krishnan, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. A pleasure to join you. We're going to talk about Inveni AI, how it's bringing artificial intelligence to its pharmaceutical partners, and what the opportunity is for AI to change drug development. Listeners may remember not long ago we had Vimalmeda on the show to talk about bioaccel therapeutics, and perhaps you can begin there with the relationship between Inveni AI and bioaccel. Uh, thank you very much, Danny, and that's a very relevant question. In fact, in many AI and bioaccel therapeutics are like two peas in a pod. <laughs> we, we, we rose from the same parent company, Bioaccel Corporation. Bioaccel Corporation came into existence in 2005 primarily as a venture to help uh, pharma and biotech companies to prioritize their drug portfolios, um, mainly to, you know, in terms of uh, innovative uh, medicines to address uh, unmet medical needs. And in, to do that, we had to learn how to grapple with not only voluminous amounts of data, but also different types of data. Right? And when you're trying to actually look at clinical data, genomic data, commercial data, patient uh, response data, and trying to actually see where, where it is that a, a potential new mechanism can be applied to, uh, you know, what hurts you the most is not knowing everything. And uh, as we went through several iterations of this through our, uh, our life of the company, we realized that uh, hum- it became humanly impossible to keep track of everything. There are more than 5,000 publications a day. Uh, it's not just the publications, it's the underlying data. 
uh, it's both uh, structured and unstructured, uh, chemical, pharmacological, clinical, biochemical, uh, molecular, uh, and uh, you and even some real world data, and you had to use all of this. And that is where uh, AI came in. And so we started using artificial intelligence-based methods, primarily neural networks, to you know analyze everything in real time so that we were able to uh, not miss out on anything. And while we were doing this, uh, we realized that we had a way to uh, not. So we had we had two things going for us. One is we we were inventing and discovering ways to actually apply these marvelous uh, technologies in drug discovery and development. And while we were doing that, we also realized that we could do some drug uh, repositioning, um, re-innovation on our own. And uh, so that is how we, we started our own programs, especially in the area of neuroscience, where there's a lot of unmet need and as well as in oncology, uh, more specifically immuno-oncology. And we generated our own pipeline, and we realized very soon that we had uh, two very divergent but related business uh, businesses. One which had um, its own drug pipeline and had to focus on uh, developing those, and the other which was more in uh, adapting and innovative, innovating on technologies that could be applied um, in in life sciences in general and more specifically in uh, drug discovery. And that's how those two companies came to be. Bioxyl Therapeutics inherited the pipeline um, and became more uh, specifically oriented towards developing those candidate drugs that were identified using the AI-based technology. Whereas in many AI uh, inherited the technology platform as well as the collaborative research that we had with uh, several other companies. And so in many uh, focuses on innovating in terms of how to apply AI-based methods, uh, not only in drug discovery and development, but innovation across life sciences and also across other industries. What's the business model? Are you fee-for-service? Do you have a subscription model? Do you share in the upside of what customers are able to do with your technology in some way? Uh, great question. Um, we have two broad, uh, two main business models. The first is a subscription model. So we have a platform we call AlphaMeld. Uh, this is an innovation detection model. So if you think of think of any breakthrough innovation, right? So like the breakthrough of immunotherapy in cancer, right? Or the breakthrough of um, targeting PCSK9 for dyslipidemia, or right now what's going on in NASH in terms of FXR agonists and so on. They all have a certain fingerprint to them. You know, they, you, you first see a breakout in basic science, then that's replicated in translational science, um, in, in validated animal models, and also in, in, in the clinic. And then you see commercial activities starting around it, companies are formed, collaborations happen, and so on. So you can actually map out this pattern and then have the neural networks look for similar patterns across various data points. And you can then do this on real-time basis as long as you are, um, you know, you, you, you're ensuring that you can access the data and, and not missing out on anything. And all, all the time, 
as you're monitoring innovation, the nature of innovation itself changes, right? So, uh, Obdivo and Ketruda, uh, uh, the two immunotherapy, the leading immunotherapy approved drugs, uh, were in a, innovative four years ago. They're not so innovative now because they're accepted as standard of care now. So the next innovation is going to be a combination and so on. So the nature of innovation itself changes, and so it becomes more important to monitor all the data and, and define innovation really in a, in a real-time manner. And this is what AlphaMel does. And we have been working with uh, some of the leading big farmers in optimizing this, and they subscribe to it. So that's one business model. Um, the other business model is then more on the traditional drug discovery collaborations because we have been working in applying AI to really understand the relationship between targets. So I'm talking about molecular targets here, um, uh, proteins, for example. Um, their role in disease progression or uh, response to drugs and also the drugs themselves. And where where there is an intersection of all these three, you want to actually identify that in even when the connections are not that obvious, right? So when the connections are obvious, everyone knows it, but it's usually after the fact. Uh, so when these connections are removed uh, beyond the obvious, so they're, they're, they're hidden or they're, they're indirect, that is where AI becomes really uh, useful in detecting these connections. And But this, this involves, it's not just monitoring anymore, this, this involves building networks, testing those networks to see if, if if it matches what we know about what needs to be done to address a, a particular endpoint in a disease. So it's a very collaborative process between Invini AI and, it, uh, and our uh, collaborators. So so in, in those types of collaborations, there is a, an upfront fee. Um, then if we succeed, uh, which usually means that the collaborator accepts the concept and then moves it uh, to a proof of concept stage and if they succeed we get we get a milestone payment and then as it progresses along uh, you know through various stages we continue to get a reward and finally when it enters the market of course we have been in existence as in many AA only for the last two and a half years so we still have to see a drug getting approved in the marketplace but we're getting there uh, you know bioxyl therapeutics uh, is advancing uh, in the clinic, their, their products. But we also have our other collaborators like KHK, which is a Japanese company. They are using uh, our technology and collaboration to, to uh, you know, identify the best um, disease indications for their internal pipelines. And we have been working with Centrexion uh, for the last three years. Um, this is a company that um, uh, you know uh, is working in the area of pain, and if you go to the website, you can learn more about them. But uh, they, we we collaborate very closely with them. We identified the uh, disease indications that they can move some of their compounds to, and uh, it was very gratifying to see that they have advanced, uh, not only advanced into phase two, but they have recently announced a deal with another big pharma based on the programs that we have been working with them. So so these are the two main programs. Alpha Meld is for uh, a subscription-based access to monitor developments to identify breakthroughs, and, uh, you know, the outcome of that uh, and using that in a more 
traditional collaborative research, we have uh, you know a combination of uh, upfront fees and downstream milestones and royalties. You talk about this not being a, a cookie-cutter solution. There, there's a role here to use this to leverage a, a user's expertise and experience. How exactly does that work, and what's the role of the user in applying your AI platform? Oh, absolutely. That's a great, uh, very intuitive uh, of you to actually, you know, hit upon that. So uh, there's a lot of, you know, buzz about AI um, and machine learning, but it is absolutely dependent on how the user uh, uses it. So, so there, there are there are at least uh, two, uh, uh, you know, places where it absolutely depends on. Uh, you know, the user as to how to, you know, mold this process. So at the very beginning, the user has to define the question properly, right? So what is it that you want uh, to be done? Are you looking for the right target to go after in a disease? Are you looking for, uh, you, or you're already, you know, focused on a target and you, because you know that you have studied the disease very well and you know that this target has to be uh, at, you know, attacked, um, so then the question is, so how how best? What's the best way of doing that? And or or it's a combination of the two, you know. Uh, and you know, what's the best modality? Do you want a small molecule inhibitor, or is it going to be an RNAi or a gene therapy, or so on? So you can you can you can you can kind of lay the groundwork and define the. It's almost like defining the the landscape, saying these are all the areas in which I need to gather data and build the networks to see what what exists, what's the white space there, and how can I uh, arrive at the you know the the nuggets that are going to you know get me to uh, a, a, a drug that will solve my problem. So that's at the that's at one. Then you go through that's where AI kicks in. Now, uh, now you have these automated processes that can that are much more efficient than any human being, but they're done by the questions that were defined by the experts, right? So you now go through go through it iteratively and recursively. That uh, what I mean by that is you don't just do it again and again, but every time you do it uh, a little differently, in that you're avoiding mistakes and increasing the uh, the focus of the analysis until you reach a point where you, you don't you know you don't get anything more from an automated process what that what that means is that the the space that needs to be searched has been searched and you you are now at a, you have you have reduced the complexity that needs to be examined by the expert so this is where again the domain experts come in so they now know okay so now I, instead of millions of data points, I'm looking at just, um, you know, hopefully dozens, maybe even hundreds, but that's much better than looking at millions. And now, now I know based on my experience in drug discovery and development, whether it's in oncology or neuroscience or cardiovascular or infectious, uh, these are the important things that need to be addressed and how, um, you know, how does it fit in. So, so, so like you said, it's not a cookie cutter um, solution. It it depends on the type of uh, problem you're tackling, the the complexity of the drug bank uh, in, in your kitty. You know the the drugs in your kitty that you're trying to use, the the diseases that you're going after, the the you know the common diseases uh, where the endpoints are well defined. 
are different from rare diseases where the endpoints sometimes may not be well defined and you know you are trying to solve them in a very different way so indeed uh, the user input is uh, as valuable as the ai so the way we we at inveni ai look at ai is it's a it's a multiplier it's a magnifier of the human ingenuity that already exists in our drug discovery scientists all of this is algorithm driven how have you validated the algorithms and, and do you expect to refine them over time or have they now been kind of fixed as what they are the algorithms are constantly evolving right so this is what i meant by your uh, the, the the definition of what is an innovation changes over time right so so your current standard of care you can't go back so the algorithms are driven by a current standard of care in any disease so you you can you want to get better than that um in some cases like in some often diseases there may be no standard of care you're just treating the symptoms or uh, you know just managing the symptoms in which case anything is uh, is is good but in other cases uh, there will be already drugs approved in which case you can't go back i mean you have to get better than those so so the algorithms are always derived from current standard of care the current status of knowledge in a disease the current status of knowledge of the agents that are used for therapy and the current diagnostic agents used to diagnose the condition um and then you're looking for things that are more right that, that actually are addressing things uh, the the needs of in in that disease population that are currently not met and so the 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 innovative part the the about the algorithm is constantly changing maybe it doesn't change every day but it does change as soon as a new uh, drug gets approved or fails both of those have an impact on the algorithms because the more we learn we'll have to then go back and ensure that that is incorporated into the algorithm it's not that just a drug succeeds or fails it's all the data associated with how a drug succeeds or fails you know so there are all these endpoints that were measured with the drug and do you understand how and why it succeeded or do you understand how and why it failed and what can we learn from that and looking for the next best thing so all of this is, is it's a constant process where do you think the biggest opportunity for you is to add value in the discovery and development process and make things faster better cheaper so the we are seeing two big time opportunities and you know this is like much better today than it was or much more accepted today than it was even 2 years ago so so the, so the two biggest opportunities that we are at inveni are seeing is that one is in identifying you know the best disease indication for your program right so uh, companies have already they have um, they have a drug um, of a particular modality they could have an it could be an antibody it could be a small molecule it could be an rnai um and usually these targets uh, you know unless it's a monogenic uh, monogenic hereditary disease mendelian disease um usually these targets have some evidence uh, the the association of the target to the disease but it's never to just one disease it's usually to uh, uh 
you know a set of related diseases uh it's usually addressing a particular type of symptom and this is especially true of complex diseases like diabetes um or rheumatoid arthritis or system of systemic lupus erythematosus or you know things like that where uh, it, it's it's not very you know simple um and the, the biggest impact that we are having through our collaborations is that it's it's better to apply ai to ensure that you're not missing anything there are no blind spots you considered everything you indeed know that uh, the mechanism of action you think is is true uh, you're addressing the right uh, you know uh, target and there is no liability to that target and uh, and you and you you looked at all the evidence and it, this is all you know in silico right you're not doing any exper- you know it's it's much cheaper and faster to do this before you start for example a clinical human clinical program which runs into typically somewhere between at the least uh, 75 million to you know 500 million to a billion depending on the the type of clinical program you're going for so that is a big impact we're seeing on the one hand on the other hand in terms of reinnovation of drugs so there are you know by by some estimates between 2000 to you know 4000 drugs that all have uh, some human proof concept data right so these are drugs that are safe to uh, varying degrees but safe meaning they are safe enough to get past phase 1 and to enter phase 2 um and in phase 2 they they underperformed or they didn't meet their primary endpoint and they are all stuck and it's usually they don't meet the primary endpoint because we do not know enough about the 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 human condition so you have you you prove uh the the drug works in a animal model um you show that it's safe in phase 1 and phase 2 it doesn't meet its primary endpoint this happens all the time and that's because we don't know enough about the disease until we actually enter uh, human clinical trials but as time progresses and as more research progresses there's lots of data being gathered on the same diseases and on related diseases this is where ai comes in really handy so now you know that a drug that may have been worked on you know 5 years ago and didn't didn't provide the more stellar results or even didn't or even failed um now it turns out that hey uh, that may actually be applicable in this related indication for this uh, this other endpoint because we know now know a lot more about these um, the phenomenology the, the 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 pathology the pathophysiology and hence uh, can come up with a more rational explanation of the mechanism of action so these are the two obvious areas we see applications for this approach there is a third area that we we actually stumbled upon i'll be i'll be the first to confess on that which is as we were developing these algorithms to detect uh you know breakthroughs it became clear that this was uh you know uh, uh, this was a universal problem of uh, separating signal from noise right so in some ways you can you know imagine this as identifying a signal in this case signal being uh you know uh, a drug that actually uh, has a desired impact uh, and and there is the information that actually telling you that compared to all the related information which may be about 
same drug or the targets or the related targets or related diseases but they don't really give you that that final you know gem of an idea so it's how you detect that signal and once we once we focused on that and came up with a way to actually detect that signal we realized that this can be used across um first of all adjacencies so it's not just in drug discovery you can go and look at it in consumer healthcare for example uh, you can look at it in animal health uh, because animal health uh, Uh, product development actually uh, is not as uh, expansive as the human uh, drugs but it it follows along similar lines but then you can also start thinking of this in terms of food and nutrition you know uh, medical foods uh, digital health in terms of coming up with uh, products that are not perhaps regulated but nevertheless are very useful in monitoring wellness um, and health and can be used to help patients in managing their lives and so on so uh, we re- we really believe that this is uh, just the beginning of uh, the use of uh, such uh, such approaches and technologies uh, ac- across uh, these industries in identifying signal meaning innovation or solutions and then finding the best home for them so that the patients and the consumers uh can get access to this in a timely and finally in an in an inexpensive manner Krishnan Nandabalan president and ceo of Veni AI Krishnan thanks so much for your time today thank you very much thanks for listening the bio report is a production of the levine media group to automatically download this podcast each week subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager to join our mailing list go to levinemediagroup.com we'd love to hear from you if you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast send an email to danny@levinemediagroup.com special thanks to Jonah Levine who composed our theme music and the Jonah Levine collective which performs it